Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Here's your host, Bob Bender. All right. Welcome, welcome. Dr. Bob here, Crosswalk Colorado Springs this Friday afternoon. Hope you're going to enjoy a long weekend. I love to work, but I love when those holidays come around. They just seem to come around at the right time where we can enjoy time alone, time with the fam, and a little time for ourselves to recharge. So we're ready for another cycle, another week of work or play or whatever you do with your time. What we're going to talk about today, what I'm going to visit with you about, is probably one of the most important topics we could discuss. And it is my joy to be with you from Studio 4 here in Salem Communications 100.7, The Word. It's my joy to be here in Studio 4, maybe. If I keep my nose clean, work hard, I can work up to Studio 1, but hey, Studio 4 is fine for me. No, they're not ranked. We just uh, have a bunch of them here. we got a lot going on, and we have our national meeting next week, so several of us will be, not myself, others will be at our national convention, radio broadcasting convention, Christians. It'll be a great time for them to recharge, reconnect, and uh, get some synergy and try to make a difference in this world well, I'm praying through Deuteronomy 11, verse 11 this morning, but the land into which you are about to cross to possess is a land of hills and valleys and drinks water from the rain of heaven. Wherever you are, whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, there is water from the rain of heaven for you. So remember, God is with you. He has strength for you. He has help for you. He has hope. He has healing. Whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, drink from the waters of the rain of heaven. So, Lord, meet us where we are, wherever we are, heading up the top of a mountain or coming down in the valley or in the shadow of the valley of death, Lord. Help us to drink from the waters of the rain of heaven because you're there for us with the resources to help us through it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, each time we visit, normally, 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 on Thursdays, I'll have a guest and we'll be talking about critical issues of our time, of our community. And then on Fridays, I usually, usually do a solo chat with you about something of great significance. So you can you can depend on that each time you tune in, Thursday or Friday, 
5 to 6. I just got off the phone with Chris Wall. He was my youth pastor in Ada, Oklahoma, and our church was on the radio, and they were used to the Sunday night service. And for some reason, I had this crazy idea of giving it over to my idiot of a youth pastor who later uh, became the president of Oklahoma Convention. But anyway, he's a rock star. But anyway, he and his associate took the program and took it a totally different direction, Start started having more fun than Christians ought to have on the radio. And he got a lot of callers, <laughs> a lot of complainers from those who were used to hearing Brother Bob on the radio. I thought that was hilarious. I think next time he's in town... I think I'll give him this program, see what he can do with it. He'll probably take it up a notch rather than down one. You know, as Christians, uh, we ought to have fun. Some of us just have too much starch in our underwear. We ought to have fun as Christians as well, as well as take seriously our walk with God. You know, you can do both. You can do both. Well, I'm going to talk to you this afternoon, whether you're in your home, headed home, at work, about you and your thoughts. Uh-oh, you and your thoughts. You know, God gave you a lot when he gave you a brain. Think about it. He gave you a lot when he gave you a brain, and he expects to use for you to use its capacity There is a myth going around that the average person only uses about 10% of their brain. Well, that is a myth. Because any endeavor you take, just listening to my voice, most any endeavor you take takes pretty much all of the brain to function. And so with the psalmist, we can say we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Consider your brain small and lightweight, consisting of 80 to 90 percent water. Yet on an average day, 10,000 thoughts go through your mind, exercising 7 million brain cells. That's why I tell Beverly I'm tired all the time. My brain's working too hard. Well, in the Library of Congress, there are 17 million volumes of books. I think it's even more now. They grow, of course. They add books to it. Your brain stores up to 10 times more information than 17 million volumes of books. Your brain is like a film with sound, a permanent storage bank, able to retain or record 10 trillion units of thought. It is capable of recording 800 memories per second for 75 years without getting tired. I turn 75 next month, so I'm going to start getting tired after that because 75 years, I think it maxes out. Oh, I don't think so. Though the Apostle Paul was unaware of these facts, he certainly was aware of the importance and power of the mind. That's why he speaks so much of it in his writings. That's why Jesus spoke a lot about it as well. And we're going to consider some of those. But first, let me speak 
to the powerful mind. The powerful mind. Friend, life is lived between the ears. Just write that down. Life is lived between the ears. And we are what our thoughts have made us to be. Consider the constructive power of the mind. Consider how much more meaningful life has become because of the great minds of thinkers and dreamers and inventors. Henry Ford, Benjamin Franklin, the Wright brothers, Thomas Edison. Can you put a cash value on a brain like that? A New York Times analyst computed that the business interests based on Edison's inventions alone come to over $25 billion. Now that's some brain. Yes, technology has made our lives more comfortable and more meaningful. But also consider the destructive power of the mind. Consider the minds of Adolf Hitler, Lee Harvey Oswald, Charles Manson, Saddam Hussein. While we have made great advances technologically, morally, and spiritually, we are also experiencing a great decline. All we are doing is created sophisticated criminals. The moral and spiritual decline in our country is an inex. It's an inescapable fact due to the corrupt minds of wicked people. And this ridiculous idea that a person who has the mental faculties to create havoc, to kill somebody, to murder, and then to say... I'm insane is ridiculous. If you have the mental capacity to commit a crime and follow through on it, you have the mental capacity to be responsible for it. Lord help us. We're going to continue to talk about the mind, the positive, the negative, as we continue our discussion on you and your thoughts. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back, team. We're talking about you and your thoughts. The mind is powerful and has tremendous potential for good and evil, doesn't it? That depends on one thing, your thoughts and how they are directed. Because of people's failure to discipline the mind, there are thousands in mental institutions, prisons, and graves. Mankind has no greater power at his disposal than the mind, thought, and attitude, and they are all interrelated. The Cox Report on American Business has reported that 94% of all Fortune 500 executives attributed their success more to a mental attitude than to any other basic ingredient. Wow. The principal of a school in the San Francisco Bay Area called three teachers in and said, because you three teachers are the finest in the system, we're going to give you 90 selected 
High potential IQ students. Move these students through to the next year at their pace, and we're going to see how much they can learn. The teachers and the students had a great experience during the year. The best teachers teaching the best students. By the end of the experiment, the students had achieved scores 20 to 30 percent higher than the other students in the school district. The principal called the teachers in and told them, Well, I have a confession to make. These 90 students were not the most intellectually, potentially prominent students. They were run-of-the-mill students taken at random. The teachers were shocked but encouraged. Why, this means that we are exceptional teachers. Well, the principal continued, I have another confession to make. You're not the brightest of the teachers either. Your names were the first three names drawn out of a hat. Wow, the lesson from this experiment was that the students learned because of the teacher's high expectations and our expectations of ourselves and our understanding of our Lord's expectations of us will determine our attitudes, our output, our success in life, and in ministry. Consider the power of the mind in God's Word, His owner's manual. Because of the awesome power of the mind, for good or evil, the Bible has much to say about it. Complete this sentence for me, please. Man, woman, is the sum total of what? Man or woman is the sum total of his or her thoughts. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a person thinks, so is he. You want to know who you are? It's what you think. It's what you think about. It all began like this. God gave Adam a mind to know God, a heart to love God, and a will to obey God. Adam fell into sin, so his mind of itself could not know God. His heart could not love God, and his will could not obey God. And each of us is born with a mind alienated from God. The scriptures teach us that our minds are darkened, corrupted, our worshipers of distorted images are at war with God, blinded, and are dead toward God. That's a big problem. The only solution to this dilemma is for us to repent, which, by the way, the word means to have a change of mind. When you came to faith in Jesus initially, you had a change of mind toward him. At our new spiritual birth, not only have we received a new heart and a new will, we have also received a new mind. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.16, For we have the mind of Christ. The Bible says, as Jesus was in this world, so are you. 
We have the mind of Christ. We can think like Jesus. We have that potential. So the mind is important because thought precedes action. Beverly and I got to visit the Sistine Chapel in Italy about 18 months ago, 15 months ago, and in that chapel you can see Michelangelo's Creation of Man fresco, the most common image that we remember, and by the way, there are several frescoes up there, is God's finger reaching out to touch Adam's finger. Remember it? See it? But over to the side, you will notice under the other arm of God is a picture, the picture of a woman. What does that depict? That depicts that she is in God's mind. The thought of God preceded his creative acts. Speaking of Adam and Eve, undoubtedly even thought, considered, and pondered Satan's temptation before she acted. Her thought of sin preceded her action of sin. The mind is important. Thought precedes action. The mind's important because thought determines character. Your character is who you are when no one is around. And your thoughts shape your character and ultimately your destiny. You remember the old adage, Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. And sow a character, reap a destiny. So I want you to think about your thoughts. They create your moods, don't they? They influence the way you feel at this very moment. Your good thoughts are ministering peace and health to your body. Your bad thoughts are distorting reality and causing whatever distress you may be experiencing at this moment. You see, our mind is like an armory where weapons are forged to destroy oneself or tools fashioned to strengthen one's character. Our mind is like a garden where the intellect is carefully cultivated or it's allowed to run wild with all kinds of weeds. As plants spring from seeds, so actions spring from thoughts. A good tree produces good fruit, and evil produces evil fruit. You see, our mind is like an entry area to a house. You cannot control the thoughts that enter randomly, but you can control whether they come in, sit down, take over your house. You see, an idea becomes an image which becomes the ideal our mind is like a pressure cooker. Uncontrolled thought patterns are like the lid blown off. That's why the Scriptures speak so much of the mind. So let's think about your thoughts and consider your mind because your brain is like a creek, like a river, and, they, and your Neurons are connected with what's called synapses, junction between the two nerve cells to connect and to communicate, a gap through which impulses pass. They're called neurotransmitters. And so the kind of thoughts you have, you're creating and you're moving that creek to a river. Those synapses are strengthened 
by whatever thoughts you have, be they positive or negative, depending on its use. So be careful your thoughts, that little stream can become a great river of lust or anger or hatred or of love, joy, peace. Be careful how you're feeding your thoughts. They'll control your life. So in a moment, I'm going to give you some answers how we can have a pure and positive mind when we talk again in a moment. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back, team, to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. And this afternoon, this evening, we're talking about you and your thoughts. We've been discussing the power of the mind for good or for evil, how it determines our actions and our character. Well, let me transition into talking about the pure mind. Isn't that what we all want? Is that possible, the pure mind? Daily, we struggle, do we not, with having a pure mind in this uh, sexual, saturated society filled with not only sex, but anger and hatred and bitterness and all of the negative things that surround us. The challenge for a pure mind, you see, to have one, we must understand, friend, there's a battle going on, and that battle is for your mind. We see it in higher education as the liberals take control of it and try to lead our young people down that path which is fruitless. But to have a pure mind, let's understand its battle. God's Word tells us there is a battle raging. It's not a battle for geographical territory or of political ideologies per se, but rather a battle for your mind and mine. The devil has launched an all-out assault against the mind using the powerful weapons of vain imaginations. Vain imaginations have led to mass murders, the breakup of marriages, the destruction of ministries and churches, the resignation and disgrace of a president of the United States. Vain imaginations. You see, Satan attacks through our minds with fiery darts or thoughts of fear and lust and anxiety and hatred and distrust. All of these claim a beachhead on your mind in order to bring you into bondage. That's why we are to carry, to wear the helmet of salvation. That's not only salvation from the power of sin over us as individuals, but as we continue our walk with the Lord, the way we get in is the way we go on. We are delivered from the penalty of sin when we come to faith in Christ, and as we wear this helmet of salvation or continued deliverance from the power of sin over us. That is why the Scriptures share several responsibilities we have with reference to our minds. The great commandment, what does it say? Remember, we are to love the Lord. 
our God with all of our heart and soul and strength, but the one that's often left out, we are to love God with our minds. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. What does it mean to love God with your mind? I think it means to think like God thinks. I think it means to have our minds under his control, yielded to his lordship. I tell you, some minds are so open, they need to be closed for repairs. It's one thing to be open-minded, but you see, to love God with our minds is to have it disciplined by his word, the lane that he has us to run in in this life. Love God with your mind. Think thoughts that are honorable to him. We are to renew our minds. We are to put off the old and put off the new and to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, Ephesians 4.23. The attitude of our minds renewed through the Holy Spirit's filling, through the word of God, through positive thoughts that strengthen those synapses and make the positive river rather than the negative one in our brains. We are to be transformed through this renewal. Romans 12, 2 says, Be you transformed by the renewing of your minds. Your mind transforms your life one way or the other. We are to let Christ's mind dwell in us. Philippians 2, 5, Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. His mental capacity, his, his attitude, his approach to life, who humbled himself and became our Savior and Lord. And most significantly, I think, we are to bring every thought captive to Jesus. Second Corinthians 10, 5, bring every thought captive to Jesus. Is that not a daily, a moment-by-moment challenge and opportunity when our minds wander? That's why when I pray in my quiet time, most of the time, sometimes I'll just sit before the Lord, but most of the time, even then, I'll pray out loud Pray alone, alive, and in the Spirit of the Lord, taking every thought captive to Jesus. We're to pray without ceasing. That's a challenge. But when you when you sense your thoughts are getting out of bounds, say just, oh, Lord, forgive me. Help me to take every thought captive to you. And then we're to set our minds on the things of the Spirit, Romans 8 The spiritual man sets his mind on the things of the spirit. The carnal man on the things of this world. What is your mind set on? Your desires, your attitude. And ultimately, we are to guard our hearts, for out of it flow the issues of life. In the Old Testament, the heart speaks not only to the heart, but to the mind, to the total person. Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. When I had a staff member who failed morally, the thing he told us that got him in trouble on his way down morally was he said, man, I I did not guard my mind, for out of it are the issues of life. Let that be a lesson to all of us. 
So to have a pure mind, we must understand the battle for the mind and to engage these commands for our good out of God's owner's manual. But we also have to put away some things. Some things simply have to go. The mind, though it has a great capacity, is like when you get in the hot tub. It's called the law of displacement. When Beverly and I get in our hot tub, uh, uh, fully clothed with a bathing suit, I want you to know, uh, uh, we displace the water, and I'm telling you, I'm displacing more water now than I ever have, because it's the law of displacement. So when we put off the old and put on the new, then the law of displacement takes place, replacing old thoughts, old desires, with the new, putting aside the old self, those old tapes. You have old tapes, don't you? Those thought patterns that is pleasing to the Lord. Anger and lust and distrust and bitterness, materialism, sinful habits or being rejected and allowing that to overcome us. You see, you act a certain way because you think a certain way. Change your thought patterns, and you will change your actions. Who said, once you replace your negative thoughts with positive ones, you'll start having positive results? Let me repeat it. Once you replace negative thoughts with positive thoughts, you will start having positive results. Who said that? John MacArthur? John Piper? John R.W. Stott, the theologian? No. Willie Nelson. Good word, Willie. Replace our negative thoughts with positive ones. We'll have positive results. And we'll talk more how we can have this in a moment when we return. You and your thoughts. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back. We're discussing, you and me, having a chat about what I believe could be the most important issue that you can consider and embrace in order to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. And it all begins between our ears. Life is lived between the ears. We are what our thoughts have made us to be. And one of these days, friend, we're going to wind up where we have been going all along, thought by thought, brick by brick. And where will that be? We're talking about having a pure mind, and we've got to put on some things, have a renewed mind, but something's got to go. They've got to go because what a person sees molds his character. Titus 1.15 says, To the pure, all things are pure, but to the wicked, all things are wicked. Have you ever met a person who, who is distrustful or filled with bitterness or filled with lust? And guess what? They think everybody else is just like them. You see, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the crooked, 
to the wicked, all things are wicked. How do you see things? What we are determines what we see. Kitty cat, kitty cat, where have you been? I've been to London to see the queen. Kitty cat, kitty cat, what did you there? I saw a mouse under the queen's chair. The cat didn't see the king. Cat saw the mice because that's who he was. Some of us couldn't find something positive in a situation if our lives depended on it because what a person sees molds our character. It's, it's, it's called a paradigm. It's a grid of values through which we see and understand life. It's like the person. Sometimes I, I get something on my contact lens, and it's fuzzy, and the whole world seems fuzzy. It's like the person with dirty eyeglasses through which they see and understand the whole world is dirty. Some of us are afflicted with the disease Christian motivator Zig Ziglar calls stinking thinking. Paul says, let's look on the positive side. Whatever is pure, think on these things. What a person sees molds his character, and what a person seeks molds his or her character. Jesus asks us one of the most important questions in the Bible. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? Whatever it is, you probably will find it. What was it? Confucius say, he who seeks trouble will find it. Even if you don't obtain it, you're becoming like the object of your affection. Some desires of the heart must go if they're, if they're displeasing to the Lord. What we see molds our character. What we seek molds our character. And what we sense molds our character. Our senses are the bridge between the external world and our internal world. They are the channels through which sights and feelings are registered pretty much permanently. Our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You've, you've heard of gigo. What's it, a Greek word, an Italian dish? No, it's a computer term, garbage in, garbage out refers to the fact that what is fed into a computer will come out. Same is true for us mentally and morally and spiritually. Garbage in, garbage out. We need a new software program for our minds, and the Lord has provided it through His Word and by His Spirit. Our problems do not, lack in, do not lie in lack of desire, but in corrupt thought patterns. Holy living and holy thinking go together. There's an incident recorded for us in Acts 19 where they had a book burning in Ephesus to rid the city of inappropriate literature. Some of our minds, some of our homes, some of our relationships need a magazine burning, book burning, television show burning, cable channel burning, movie burning, video burning. Let me remind you of Jesus' words in Matthew 6, 22 and 23. He said, the lamp of the body is the eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. So if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And how great is that darkness? So let us be off with the old and on with and put on the new because Thou shalt not is insufficient in and of itself. Jesus told the story of the person in Luke 11 who cleaned up his house and kicked out the demon. 
but didn't fill it with anything, and the demon came back and brought seven more with him, and the end result was worse than the beginning. Why? Because, yeah, we put off things, but we don't put on internalizing the Word of God. We don't put on prayer. We don't put on Christian community. We don't put on the filling of the Holy Spirit to take its place. The pure mind leads to the positive mind. George Meyer said, you cannot have, cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. So let's put on the new self which is in the likeness of God. Ephesians four twenty four. Put off the old, put on the new. This is a continual and constant process. You're either being transformed through the renewing of your mind by putting off the old, putting off the new, or you're being conformed to this world. So, as we walk with the Lord, we are to, Paul puts it in Romans, the 12th chapter, that we are to lay our lives as a living sacrifice, which is our spiritual act of worship. And as we yield all that we are, presenting our bodies a living and holy sacrifice, then we won't be conformed to this world, but yet be transformed by the renewing of our minds, proving God's will is good and acceptable and perfect. Let me tell you, God's on your team. His will is good and acceptable and perfect. And as we yield every part of ourselves to him, then we will have that pure mind and positive mind. And Paul says, whatever in Ephesians 4, 8 is true, think about it. Think about the true. Think about the honorable. Consider the right and the pure and the lovely. And of a good report, don't give bad reports, but good repute, good reputation. If there's any excellency, anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Think on these things. We began with Psalm 138, how that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, And the concluding prayer is a good one to pray. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Would you pray that prayer, Lord? Search me thoroughly and help me to avoid the hurtful way and the anxious thoughts and lead me in your way. In Psalm 19, 14, may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. Some of you have thoughts of fear and worry, and you need to feed your mind with faith. Some of you have thoughts of selfishness and pride. Feed your mind with thoughts of humility like Jesus. Some of you have thoughts of things and possessions. Feed your mind with thoughts of eternal riches. Some of you are filled with thoughts of power and control Fill your mind with thoughts of service. Some of you are filled with thoughts of impurity and lust. Feed on thoughts of purity and holiness. And ask the Lord to clean you up, and he will right then. Feed on his word, fellowship with his son, his people. The law of displacement will take effect, and your good thoughts will displace the evil one. 
leading you to victory in the battle of the mind. God bless you. God love you. I love you. Have a great weekend. From Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Every day is a good day. You're the reason why. 100.7. The Word. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.